0: Welcome to Outside the Box with Ascendia USA, a podcast educating US-based retailers on international shipping topics and how they can expand their global e-commerce footprint. Yeah. Hi everybody. This is John Walsh again, here with my partner, Nick Agnetti. Uh, we're excited to bring this second series of our podcast called Outside the Box focusing on e-commerce shipping in North America to and from Canada. Within Canada today is our main topic. Uh, We have a special guest joining us today, Dave Mays, CEO of Broadreach and Ascendia Company for this part of our conversation. Before we get into the main topic, I just want to give a little brief bio on Dave. Uh, Dave brings two years of uh, dedicated experience in a cost further in commerce logistics with his su- specific experience in developing best-in-class solutions, a retailer selling to Canada. Dave has a wealth of knowledge and had the opportunity to work with Dave over the last two years. Dave has a wealth of knowledge about Canada that's, I think, unsurpassed, right, Nick, and anybody else I've than met, quite frankly, by, uh, by far, right? Uh, he has a special focus on market leading cross-border, with a special focus on U.S. to Canada. Although Dave will talk about, he has also the ability with his product offering to do intra-Canada, which I think is something that is important to remind all our customers about as well. Dave works with us closely on all our opportunities working on Canada. Dave's background and knowledge has been paramount to our success of growing our business in Canada. Hello, everyone. And uh, let's see if uh, Dave can introduce himself. Dave? Hello, everyone. Uh, Did you say two years or 23 years?
1: Oh, 20 years. I'm sorry. 20 years. Right. Something like that. Something like that. So, well, uh, let me jump, Dave, let me just jump in real quick. I want, you know, hello, everybody. It's Nick Agnetti. I hope everybody's having a wonderful day and month. And so with Dave on, Dave is the best resource I've ever encountered when it comes to Canada. So I'm very excited that he's on with us today, uh, not only to talk uh, about, you know, Ascendia's northbound service option with our DDP network into Canada but just the Canadian delivery market in general and and what he's been doing he and his team uh the optimizations they've been doing and just really helping to improve delivery options into the nation of Canada so Dave yeah let's let's take it away and Dave one of the topics we want to talk
0: to you about was when you get on the phone or teams or whatever we're interacting with our client you always talk about a lot of the challenges that you see of e-commerce shipping into Canada and into Canada and is there anything like the customer feedback that you've been with us that is standing out more than others that you're seeing as an issue like clearance, customs, costs, transits, visibility, anything in there that stands out more than others that you wanted to talk about with Star?
2: I could talk about Canada for four hours
0: straight um, <laughs>
2: if you are so inclined to listen for that long. The reality is Canada's physically bolted on in the same continent right next to us here in the U.S., right and it is the first, best, next international market for virtually every retailer that ships out of the U.S. Once you learn how to identify, create demand, build out the supply chain with partners, and ultimately get those packages delivered, then you start looking at other markets and their contents. The supply chains are very, very different. We can effectively cover Canada over the road or through ground options, anywhere between one and seven business days to 90 plus percent of of the country. And there is a similar divide east and west in Canada as there is in in the U.S. About 75%, sometimes 80% of the orders, but about 75% of the population is east of Manitoba. And then the other 25 to 30% of the population is west. E-commerce orders generally, depending on the merchant, you're gonna have a little bit lighter delivery profile to Quebec. Quebec is French-speaking. If you create create a French-speaking site, you can identify, generate demand, and be highly successful. It's about 23% of the population. We see about 10% of the orders go to Quebec for standard US cross-border shippers. So effectively, that's where that 70-30 comes in. With that being said, between the east and the west are what they call prairies, and that's just, you can see your dog run away for about a week, and you'll still be able to, uh, to see that's how flat it is and that's how far. And it's and it's cold and you know, there's lots of geographic challenges in serving Canada, but there are some pretty interesting um, profiles related to um, the population and where they're located about 80% of the Canadian population is within 100 miles of the US border. But again, if you look at how long that border is, you're still talking about significant east to west uh, mileage.
0: What has changed, you've been in this business a long time with Canada. Has anything changed on a customer focus, uh, or let's take it from a consumer and then maybe from a shipper. There's two different things, right? So what from a consumer in Canada, has anything changed in the last 20-some years you've been doing this? For sure. There's no doubt
2: that the branded, fully integrated B2B retail and B2C couriers in Canada, including the big integrated couriers here, FedEx, UPS. Uh, PureLater is the largest integrated courier in Canada. And there was a significant preference for a delivery with any of the large integrated couriers. Uh, I think that was a 20-year-ago philosophy that has uh, e-commerce has changed, the expectation, residential surcharges, delivery area surcharges. There was lots of surcharges associated with the integrated couriers getting to bottom-mile residential uh, addresses. They have changed for the better, and the market has also changed in terms of the expectation of alternate delivery providers. So technology has really allowed both us as a consolidator and forwarder to provide as good, if not better tracking experiences than the integrated courier. So we're able to end to end, not only manage them, but from a communication and transportation standpoint, but the visibility is outstanding and the customers really know uh, and are comfortable with the expectation of delivery through a delivery partner. Going back to one of your first questions um, before we you know can provide solutions to any of the needs that growing and already established U.S. retailers would have. It's important to understand whether they're doing business casually or whether they're doing business formally in Canada, and there's a variety of questions that we would ask, to get those answers and then decide which track we're going to talk about solutions for transport delivery, cost effective, and the like. That's
0: closer to con- so that's cle- to the, the clearance,
2: right? So you're talking about, yeah. It, it really is. It gets into, it gets into accounting. It gets into business registration. It gets into provincial registration of, uh, of taxes. It gets into product registration. It gets into other government departments that might require you to perform certain acts, you know, agriculture Canada, health Canada, the natural health product directorate. So whether we're doing business formally or informally is really the big first question. And if we're doing business informally through the, what we'll call the courier stream or the casual stream, there are some. Things that we need to adhere to, you can't exceed 3,300 Canadian per day per order for consignee without exceeding that commercial threshold that we're trying to stay below. Goods cannot be for resale or retail sale. And depending on the product, there, there's a 90-day supply per order restriction from the casual stream. The importer of record in the casual stream is the consignee in Canada, not the shipper. So there's some advantages to that. There's some challenges to that, depending on if you're omnichannel or you just do a uh, usc
1: commerce export dave i want to jump in real quick so just for everybody listening i want to reiterate once dave gets going it's really good it's, it's it's hard to get it get that machine set up in there and so he's not as long-winded as you i'm not sure about that I, i'd say I we put, e- say. put each other on the mic and let it let it ride but uh but more importantly is when when I, in previous episodes uh, maybe in the beginning of this one john might have spoke through, but when we say dave is a breath of knowledge he knows more about Canada than anybody I've ever come across. And so it, it's just an absolute asset for us as an organization to have Dave here too. And our and our goal, this podcast is not necessarily, we're not here to just simply promote uh, Ascendia services only, but it's really to inform as well in terms of, you know, if you have one, Canada's the 11th largest e-commerce market in the world. You know, if you're not doing business in Canada, my question to you, from my perspective, and this is more customer-facing perspective is well well, why not? And and let's start there and figure out whether it's a mind shift thing, if it's a mindset issue, or if you're if it's just something well, or we don't know if our product can get there. We don't know it. Just talk to us about it. We would love to be able to explore those opportunities with you. And more importantly, having Dave in the background of just being able to say, Hey, any question I have, I can, you know, ask Dave and his team. I mean, anything. It could be, you know, from uh, as simple as, hey, this is, uh, this is a face wash too, is nitrogen considered an aerosol? And what what are your thoughts on us hitting that up with an airplane? Probably not great, but we're still going to ask the question to figure out what we're going to be able to do intra-Canada once we get across the border via ground transport. So uh, Dave, I, I have a question for you. So one of the big themes that that I've been discussing with customers, kind a customer facing, meaning talking with the online retailers, the subscription boxes, is, is the focus of the customer experience. I, I do want to talk a little bit specifically about what you've created, you and your team have created with the reach Network, and how you guys are able to improve the customer experience over, let's say, something like a an integrated courier like the FedEx or DPS, or even uh, you mentioned Pure later. Could you talk to that for a couple minutes?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a of a uh, a careful description, and the reason I say that uh, first off, there's no there's no formulas in shipping. There's nothing that's proprietary. There's nothing that we're doing that is an invention of some cutting-edge uh, service that no one's going to be able to replicate. But there are some best practices and some things that we do with our transport network. There are some ways that we clear customs all yeah. forward-thinking and compliant. There's bond utilization. There's all sorts of cross docket and partner network connecting that we do. To achieve the outcome that we have. And we want to continue to describe that. We want to continue to have merchants trust us and we want to continue to beat the competition in terms of service quality. At the end of the day, we have the fewest number of touches, the fewest miles or kilometers traveled and the lowest cost, most efficient network after two years for US to Canada straight away. Now, some of that is related to our size. We don't have trains, planes, and automobiles that are running all over. The North American network, like some of the large integrated couriers, we were very surgical, we were very precise in how we set up the network, and we did it based on a post-COVID era, which is, yeah, we'll just say it was a little, things were getting a little bit frothy in there in uh, 21 22. So a very fresh approach. We really focused on middle mile. We focused on middle mile speed. We focused on getting to all the major cities in Canada, whether it's ground or air, we have a fantastic partnership with Air Canada that reaches anywhere between eight and 12 major cities in Canada for an expedited product that's been very successful. We're working with these alternate delivery providers, moving times around to have preferential service picking up one, two days, depending on the province, depending on the US origin shipping point. Again, all end to end in terms of not only custody, but also visibility and transparency for those packages. The customs clearance process, probably don't want to go into too much detail on this, because we will definitely bore the listeners, but we have automated it entirely, we have yeah. bonded trucks and bonded facilities, we do an electronic release, and anytime there's an inspection, we rifle through what we call I guess, containers that are that are marked with those parcels, we pull the whole the held parcels and everything else flows through. So even if there are inspections or, or holes or delays, it only would uh, affect these small parcels that would be targeted. So we've built operation technology and a system to uh we think compete with even the express carriers. I mean some of the markets out of the US that we're getting service into Greater Toronto and or Eastern Canada out of the northeast in the US are faster than you could get if you actually flew it on a plane that went through Memphis
0: or Louisville and had it delivery uh by a you know purple tail or a or a brown band. So can you just go into a little further? They were using a one of their big integrators, one of the big three. And if their their clearance process is different than yours. And we t- we explain to the customer, hey, we don't hold the whole shipment. If there's an issue with one of the packages, the other stuff goes through. Can you just dive into that a little bit? Because I think that's something that a lot of customers are unaware of with the big three versus what you're doing. Yeah, generally speaking, generally, yep.
2: generally speaking, each package clears customs on its own right. through an integrated courier network. They clear on a courier low-value shipment basis. Right. They require they require less uh, less data than we do for the uh, the clearances that we perform. They have some special arrangement with airports and customs authorities, but at the end of the day, they're they're highly accountable for each of those packages and they handle them individually, uh, whether it's uh, having a second customs label or a commercial invoice generated. So it's very expensive for the couriers to handle individual e-commerce parcels, going to any country, including Canada. If you ship to Ecuador or you ship to the UK or you ship to Canada with the large integrated couriers, Oftentimes they're processing them
0: the same. Because of that additional cost, that processing that fees and touching it, there's a lot more costs associated with the big three carriers and what they're assessing to the customer, right? And what I mean, that's a big deal. what What the integrated couriers
2: can do on the other side of the coin to some of these exotic international markets is amazing. I really respect their end to end infrastructure. The scheduling, the operations, right. but it's very expensive. It's 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 it it's a lot of overhead that you have to pay for, and there's a lot of processes that are very rigid. And they do have consolidations. UPS, FedEx, DHL e-commerce outside of the uh, DHL Express network, they do run consolidation programs, but they're not as agile. They're not as efficient. They're not as cost effective. They're not as good. So really, you're kind of talking about kind of a canyon. On one side, you have the integrated, hot, fast. Courier service, which is good. Right. Expensive. Yes, we just talked about that. And then you have their their version of consolidation. We're much closer in service and service quality to the Express Courier. And in some cases better, again, depending on where we're shipping from and where we're going to in Canada.
1: You know, one of the things that, you know, we specifically target, right, more of your direct consumer brands, apparel, skincare, helping you, health and beauty, nutraceuticals, you name shoes, et cetera. You know, and there's there's often a mindset uh, out there about, you know, oh, well, you know, we don't ship heavier package weights for all over Canada um, or anywhere international, right? And especially when you look at the, you know, global postal rules and, you know, a two kilogram rule, you know, you've got mail class versus parcel class, but that all goes away here with this network. And now it's important to remind the listeners too, this is an entirely DVP network. So one, our focus with this network is improved customer delivery experience. But what would you say? And you know, I know this is just speaking to our network. uh, And again, we'll we'll get back to and we'll continue to highlight Canada, you know, holistically. But in our network, in terms of package weights, do you see any challenges when you you know between one to two pounds versus let's say? And I know we're breaking this down pretty granular, but you know, four to five, six pound packages. Any any benefits, pluses, minuses, things like that.
2: There's no doubt that we're going to use different end delivery providers based on their capabilities. The higher the weight and the higher the dimension, the more we're gonna use integrated courier partners, some of which we've already mentioned on this uh, podcast. The skull and crossbones kind of scenario for us at this stage in our network would be any one length exceeding 48 inches is really tough. And if you layer on 66 pounds over that is a challenge, and there are some cases where Canada Post is the best option, and we use Canada Post extensively for rural residential apartments and PO boxes. Uh, if it's over 37 or 39, I think 39 inches, it has a significant surcharge. 99.5% of the product that we're moving today, with this fantastic ramp volume with Ascendia is well within that. Our average weight on a dimensional basis is somewhere between three and four pounds. Our average weight on an actual gravity weight is one to two pounds. And I expect that to go I expect that to go up. In my past life we had higher average weights of parcels. But to be honest, in our transportation network, the efficiency of each of these trucks, we can get anywhere between six to 10,000 parcels per truck mm-hmm. with the current profile of the Ascendia client base. And we can really do amazing things when we have that level of efficiency on those trucks that that package count. I agree. So I think as I mean, I don't want to I don't want to get into mean furniture at any any point in the uh, the near, near term here, so moving up the yeah, moving up the, the the weight and dimensional scale a bit into items that are on average between 5 and 15 pounds and dimensionally between 10 and and 25 is absolutely fine. Our network can handle. Our pricing is uh, just as strong in relative
1: terms. Thanks everybody for listening to part one of our podcast about Canada. Stay tuned for part two.
0: (laughs) Be sure to subscribe and download our podcast. If you want to learn more about today's topic, email us at ecommerce.usa at Ascendia.com. And check back frequently for new discussions on e-commerce shipping to Canada and worldwide.